Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the So Near and Yet So Far Seriously Are You Kidding Me podcast, Josh Squared. I'm Miller. And I'm Gregor. And today has been one of the more disappointing days for me personally. See, we're still in Amherst, and one of the main reasons we came here was for me to see the Bineski Museum of Natural History in Amherst uh, College. Now, I think I've made no secret on the show how much I love prehistoric life, dinosaurs in particular, and Amherst, or the Bineski Museum, has nothing but paleontology specimens, fossils, you name it, they've got it, and I wanted to be able to see it. We got there, and it was closed to the general public due to COVID, and I'm possibly because it's Sunday. I'd say it's more so because it's Sunday than anything else. Uh, because, from what I know, a lot of colleges actually keep their doors closed on weekends, regardless, yeah. except like Saturdays. Um, also, this is like the time around a holiday. Um, because, like, this is around St. Patty's Day, and like yesterday we were talking to some folks in the hotel lobby, and they said, like, there's some like major parade um, happening. Uh, today, yeah, right? We, we missed that. Yeah, we missed that because we wanted to go to the um, museum. Yeah, to the museum. Um, although we did not go to the museum, we did do one other thing, uh, which was go to this restaurant called the Boathouse Restaurant. Um, I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was very good. Um, very good food. <coughs> Pretty good cheeseburgers, personally. Yeah, I got mac and cheese. Um, I don't know why, but it tasted closer to gratin. To what? Gratin. What's gratin? Gratin. Gratin. G-R-A-T-I-N? I don't know what that is. It's a food. Well, I gathered that. Um, <laughs> it's French for something, I think. I can be wrong. Uh, feel free uh, to correct me on <laughs> that. But, like, I, I guess it was more so the texture. Um... I guess. But either way, it was very good. <laughs> mm, Alright. Um, man, I could go for like those french fries again anytime. <laughs> um, so, while we didn't get into the museum, I was able at least to look through a window and see a couple of specimens that were right there. I saw a saber-toothed cat, uh, two mammoths, a prehistoric deer called Megaloceros, basically a giant elk with a pair of antlers as wide as a, as a grown man is tall. Basically, a, a pair of antlers as wide as Kreger is tall. Kreger, how, old are you, how tall are you again? How old am I? That's I a secret question. Oh, However, <laughs> uh, I am six foot one. Yeah, they were about that length. Yeah. How, how those things could have, hold, could have held their heads up during mating season, I'll never know. Who says they have to hold their heads up, though? They do. Okay, but like, why do you say it's specifically during mating season? Because that's typically when creatures like that grow their antlers out. Deer antlers, at least for males, are not like that all year round. They grow out during mating season so that bucks can fight over who gets the most females. Oh. So like, how how heavy does like a pair of antlers, like our regular deer antlers get? <sighs> that's a tricky one. If I had to guess, I would say for a full rack, I would say about 
somewhere between five and ten pounds. For moose, that can be anywhere. Uh, that can be upwards of fifteen easily. Oh wow! It's like putting a bowling ball on your head. Yeah. <laughs> uh. And one other thing that was there, I thought it was a short-faced bear, Ursus spileus, but now that I think of it. It might be something even older, a type of prehistoric carnivore called Amphicyon ingens. Basically, take the body of a bear, put a wolf's head on it that matches the proportions of the bear, give it the tail and, men and dexterity of a lion, and you've got this thing. And picture that, running around the North American landscape, pretty much unopposed. Now, why did this thing die off? <laughs> uh, it got a bit too big. How big? This is, well, like I said, as big as a bear. Yeah. Event. The thing with carnivores like this, once their prey dies out, they typically go with it. Uh, and bears are omnivores. This thing wasn't. <laughs> Which makes sense as to why bears continue going. Exactly. Yeah. Bears, there are three basic types of carnivores. There are hypercarnivores where nearly all of their diet is comprised of meat. Lions are a good example of this. Mesocarnivores where roughly half of their diet is meat. A good example of this is a red fox. And hypocarnivores where only about 30% of their diet is meat. The bear falls into this category. We're pretty sure this thing was a hypercarnivore. Hmm. So this like bear thingy. It's funny you bring that up actually. The um I can't remember what the actual term for it is, but it falls into a category of carnivores that paleontologists just kinda short call the bear dogs. Bear dogs. Yeah, this is sort of when bears and dogs started to branch off and form their own thing. Oh, so like out of that, the evolutionary path went and yeah. split. The two, when it comes to carnivorans in this, the two big schools are cats and dogs. Bears oh, fall. Bears <laughs> fall in the same category as dogs. What? Yeah. <laughs> Bear dogs. <laughs> Interesting. You guys are welcome to look this up at home if you don't believe me. Well, uh, <laughs> try spelling it out. I think that's uh, more. What amphicyon? The whole thing that you said. Just look up bear dogs, bear dash dogs, and you'll get plenty of results. Bear dog. That's kind of funny to say. Bear dog. Okay, now we got them started. It's like, have you seen the, my bear dog? The where? Anywho. This thing's kind of hard to miss. <laughs> Most certainly if it were alive today. Uh, yeah, there's not a lot that could take this thing on and win. Maybe a grizzly. I'm not too sure about that. Maybe a polar bear. Polar bear, maybe. Oh, yeah. What was, like, your survival guide to bears? Oh, yeah. <laughs> this actually isn't my survival guide. There's a YouTube channel called Casual Geographic. Shout out to him. He's hilarious. He gives great information on animals at all. Just anything you can imagine and he does it in such a way that is undeniably funny and this comes from a video where he basically describes various types of animals and how to survive being attacked by them when he got to the polar bear one i think his exact words were how to survive a polar bear attack 
Okay, so the first thing you're going to want to do... Are you serious? You thought I had actual advice for this? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, when it comes to things like polar bears, chimpanzees, and hippos, as for how to survive it, no, the short answer is you're not going to. <laughs> that kind of reminds me of this other YouTube channel of its name I can't remember, but it, 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 um, it kind of goes over animals. Um, at like almost like a game. Like they go through their stats and whatnot. Oh, Tirzu? Yes, Tirzu. I love Tirzu. He's great. It's so funny. He actually uh, released a new video recently. Are scorpions OP? <laughs> Dude, so many things are like OP. The short answer is not anymore. Yeah, humans are OP. <laughs> yeah, I wonder what that might be. Intelligence. <laughs> and well. Uh, tools mostly yeah we have lots and lots of tools our favorite one being guns all the toys of war yay anywho where were we going with this we were talking about the day and how it was nothing like either of us expected or frankly wanted yeah or hoped for <laughs> something like that <clears throat> goodness gracious as you can tell people i'm still recovering from the sore throat Ooh, look you got a message very funny. Yay. It's a TikTok message probably from a friend of mine. We share uh, videos going back and forth all the time. Dude, who doesn't do that this day and age? I don't do it very frequently. Typically, she's the one who sends me the videos. No, it's a lady. You've met her. Probably. I'll tell you who it is off when the kid... Off air. I'll tell you who it is off air. I don't want to embarrass her. Well, of course. Uh, now, where was I going with this? All right, TikToks and whatnot. So, I actually enjoy watching TikTok a lot. Um, and for those of you who don't care for TikTok, do your groans now. But I actually do enjoy watching TikToks because, like, um, I've recently been watching this one guy. I don't know his channel name because, like, I'm terrible like that. Mm -hmm. uh, but, like, he makes these really wacky things. Like, he made a... Um, I think it was like a jet-powered chair. A jet <laughs> or no, no, no. A jet-powered fan, <laughs> effectively. A jet-powered fan? Yeah, he basically took, like, you know those Dyson fans that have, like, no, like, visible blades? Oh, yeah. Because, like, they're actually inside the machine? Yeah. He made it, like, the induction fan, an induction jet. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> and it burnt out multiple parts. And I'm just like, yo, that's kind of kind of funny. <laughs> Uh, that does kind of remind me of another YouTube channel by um, this British guy named Colin Furs. Now, some of you guys listening to this might already know who I'm talking about. Basically, he's a crazy blonde Brit who comes up with these crazy inventions or crazy ideas and films himself doing it. He made an underground apocalypse bunker in his backyard. He made a pulse jet and strapped it on a bicycle powered by nothing but propane and it's actually pretty impressive i think he got somewhere up to 50 miles an hour on that thing that must have, is this unnecessary inventions no no it's actually colin furs uh, i'll show you some of his stuff after we're done here yeah but like uh have you seen unnecessary inventions i've never even heard of it till oh, now my word um i found this guy uh because like he literally um yeah, I know we're, like, way off track of, like, what the day is, but this there, guy... There hasn't been much that happened today, so off track is going to be pretty much the default for this episode. Yeah, we apologize for that, but... Yeah, I mean, if you come to this show, you pretty much know what to expect by this point. Literally. Like, if you've been here, you're seeing it again. 
Uh, also, first of all, if you've been with us for as long as we've started, let me just say thank you. We appreciate you. Yeah, thank you for listening in. Um, I honestly really enjoy actually seeing our listeners uh, who pop in and out from around the world. I really do enjoy that. Yeah, it, it is. We Most of our viewers are obviously here in the U.S., but we've seen people or at least seen viewers pop up in Africa, Europe, Canada, in places we never expected to have people listening to us. So really, thank you guys so much. Yeah, a big thank you from both of us. Um, anyways, back to what I was saying. Unnecessary inventions. Yes. Around when uh, COVID started happening, you know, that terrible disease that's still currently a pandemic slowly turning into an endemic. We almost did it. Almost. Hey, an endemic is better than a pandemic. I will agree with you there. However, it just feels like the whole world could have done so much better in such a shorter amount of time. Eh. Anywho, unnecessary inventions. He made this thing where it's like, um, basically like this sanitation belt where like you dip your hands in the water to sanitize. In the water? Yeah. Or like some kind of thing. It was like two pouches. You're going to have to show me this when we're done here. Of course. Um, so basically the best way I can explain this is that he had a belt mm -hmm. where there are two pouches full of sanitation, whatever, dip his hands in that, and it had two bungee cords strapped to his wrist so he couldn't touch his face. I, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was really funny. I was like, I'm what? sure it's funnier when I see it. Right now it just sounds ridiculous. It sounds, it, it, it sounds like something that the creators of Looney Tunes thought about incorporating into an episode while they were high on cocaine. Yeah, but they use it like... Technically, it works, but it's unnecessary. I'm sure it is. You just have to have the willpower to like be like, no. I've, I've got so many questions. Dude, you came to this show. Of course you have questions. What do you mean I came to this show? You're I'm part the, of it now! I'm a, I've been the co-host of this show since we started. <laughs> True enough. Uh, <laughs> I've been the co-host since day one. Since day one. Ah, uh, oh, day one. The first episode, and how scuffed it was. Oh, yeah. Well, that, was, that was a rough beginning for everyone. Literally me being like, I don't know what I'm doing. You in the background just like, hi! I'm just trying to get our campsite set up. And then by the next day, we finally found our stride. It took a couple days, but yeah. No, I think we were pretty rock solid by day two. I wouldn't say rock solid, like, but our our quality did go up. It was there. a significant improvement. Yeah, from like how rough we were. <laughs> to be fair, we were tired. It was a long day. It was a very long day. Uh, traveling 14 hours to Kentucky. Look at us. It's not even a year after that day, and already we're reminiscing about it like two old men. <laughs> old enough already. <laughs> and this winter's been way too long. Ugh, can't get past it. Oh, we're only in our 20s, and already we're in that mindset. Goodness gracious. Let's not get too nostalgic, please. <laughs> Did you just go from nostalgic old men to basic California white girl? Yes. <laughs> he does it so seamlessly, folks. I don't know how he does it. It's called I've had a lot of time uh, practicing voices like you would not believe. That's actually one of my big hobbies um, when I'm like super bored um, is that I actually just like practice voices for no good reason. 
You can't see it, folks, but I'm very concerned for him right now. His face tells uh, stories. Uh-huh. Many stories. Speaking of stories, we've currently had this thing where he keeps thinking I'm saying something. Because, nor okay, okay, I can explain this one. So, we've obviously known each other for many years at this point, and there were times before he graduated Towson where we would both just sit at one of the tables and be on our laptops. He would say something, I would take my earbuds out, pause whatever I was listening to, and then hear what he had to say, respond, you know how that is. Then, I would put my earbuds back in, and just as I hit play again, he starts talking again, so I have to hit the pause button within a nanosecond just to hear what he has to say. <laughs> and he would keep doing it ad infinitum, just nonstop. <laughs> Do you have some sort of internal sensor that lets you know when I hit the play button to let you know, oh, hey, I should speak again now? To you, I muttered just well. <laughs> yeah, because it always seems to be me whenever this happens. Yeah, I mean, like... It happens to me sometimes too, mm -hmm. um, but I don't make a big deal out of it. I just like pause it and then listen. I know it just keeps happening all the time. Could you finish what you're saying before I hit play again? You're too impatient. I wait like three I, seconds. <laughs> I didn't know if you were finished or not. <laughs> and so every time he's like, "Huh? Did you say something?" I'm like, "No." Well, I'm so used to it. And it's really funny. I'm like, dude, you're hearing things. <laughs> I haven't said a darn thing. <laughs> oh, forgive me if I'm not quite used to that concept from you yet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, between the two of us, I guess I would be the more annoying one out of the two of us. <laughs> you're definitely the more chatty, vert, chatty one of the two of us. I, I, I guess. <laughs> then again, I guess that's not really saying much because you don't really talk that much either unless... We're doing something like this. Actually, I did talk a lot. <laughs> you alright there, bud? I hope so. Good heavens. That was really bad. That hasn't happened in a couple days. <laughs> <laughs> um, for those of you who didn't hear what just happened, I just stuttered um, the, the T letter of talk like three times in a row. Like, da -da 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 -da. I think like, it would be hard to miss that. Oh, gosh. <laughs> that was horrible um but um editors can we get that to be played again who are you talking Thank about you. i'm the editor <laughs> golly oh can we get that to play again then no <laughs> <laughs> goodness i don't even know if it picked it up i'd have to go back oh, and I find it, it in the footage i i know it did oh gosh anywho i do generally talk a lot um, depending on the subject matter mm -hmm. um, things like uh, anime manga Batman <laughs> he's big into those first two um, I'm really big into Batman Batman was first comic love um, it was definitely my favorite growing up because like Batman is just like awesome I think because of the DC animated universe like Batman, the new adventures of Batman, Justice League, Justice League Unlimited. You and I grew up more with cartoon versions of the DC comics more so than the Marvel comics. Yeah. Are there actually um I guess there are a couple comic versions of Marvel going around, isn't there? What do you mean? Like are there like um animations? Um 
Well, there hasn't really been anything too big ever since the 90s X-Men came out or the 90s Spider-Man. A personal favorite of mine is X-Men Evolution because I grew up with that one and I still love it so much to this day. But in terms of animated Marvel shows, you don't really get much of anything. There was one that, um, there was one when I was maybe 12 or 13, Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes, and I thought it was pretty great until they canceled it after two seasons. I mean, dude, in my opinion, nothing can top Teen Titans. Oh, Teen Titans. Or another classic of mine, well, not really a classic, but another favorite of mine, uh, The Spectacular Spider-Man, the animated one where Steve Bloom plays the Green Goblin, which is probably my favorite version of the character in any medium. I'm sorry to Willem Dafoe. That was the first Spider-Man film I ever watched. He'll always have a special place in my heart as Green Goblin, but nothing will top Steve Bloom's interpretation of the character, at least in my opinion. I don't think anyone can do a better villain voice than Mark Hamill did with Joker. Oh, that's true. Like, Mark Hamill with Joker? Oh my word. That was fantastic. And with all his work as a voice actor, I'll sometimes see people online saying that, oh man, that Mark Hamill, after the Star Wars films came out, his career really cratered. I'm like, dude, go back into your childhood and see who he voiced. It's like, do you know Joker? (laughs) Or, if you're an Avatar fan, Fire Lord Ozai. Oh, he did Ozai too? That was him. Oh my goodness, I didn't actually know that. Yeah, that was him. I should have read the credits. (laughs) His career not only got better, it got even... You know a voice actor is good when you listen to two completely different characters and don't realize they're voiced by the same person. Mm, yeah. Now, I will have to admit, I did not watch Avatar until I was like 21. Really? Yeah, dead serious. Um, or maybe it was actually like in this past year uh, that I actually watched Avatar. Um, for some reason... I just never watched Avatar because, like, as a kid, I didn't have cable. Okay. So, like, I didn't have it. And people were like, yeah, Avatar. I'm like, Avatar, yeah, I should probably watch that sometime. And, like, after watching Avatar, a bunch of online internet memes started to make more sense. Mm-hmm. Um, the show just, is just too brilliant for its own good. I.E. Secret Tunnel! Okay, no. <laughs> Through no, the mountain! No, 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 we're moving on from that episode. <laughs> we're moving on from that trend. Oh, criminy. However, I don't think that trend is gonna die for a while. Well, we don't have to perpetuate it here, do we? Uh, maybe. We're not. <laughs> His face was like, please no. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um... I guess it kind of is like going to say that I'm the one who likes to bring up the fun, obnoxious ideas. <laughs> More just the obnoxious ones. I mean, sometimes my obnoxious ideas turns out to be really fun. Some of them, yeah. But for me, where... I'm going to gush about Avatar just for a little bit because I love that show so much. For me, where that show really shines isn't in its music... It's not its animation, it's not its voice acting, all of which are phenomenal, including the storytelling, the plot, pacing, you name it. But for me, now that I've gotten older and I can sort of examine it on a much more meta level, I love how it gets themes across. I'll give you an example. So this is early in season three where, uh, spoiler alert for those of you that haven't seen the show, uh, Aang 
accidentally steals the clothes of a student who goes to a school in the Fire Nation based on where they're based for the next few days. And the teacher asks a question of how Fire Lord Sozin defeated the Air Nomad military. Now, anyone who's actually seen the show knows that the Air Nomads didn't have a formal military. Sozin defeated them by ambush. And Aang brings this up because he was there a hundred years before all this happened. He was an Air Nomad living there. He knows this culture because it's his culture. He says this to the teacher, and everyone's jaws hit the floor because Aang thinks she's asking a trick question, not realizing she's being completely serious. And the theme that gets across is that history is written by the victors. And who won that fight? I mean, the fire people. So. Exactly. Yeah. It's subtle, but if you're paying attention and you notice it, it is profound. And I love that. Which kind of goes back to like a different topic, but like yeah, history has been throughout many years has been written by victors, mm -hmm. um, and only until like more recent years has like actual records from the losing side been found. Well, not just that, but it also there's a sub study of history called historiography. See, historiography is the idea of taking a primary documented source. From someone who is actually there and examining not only the content but also the context in which it was written. Was this written by uh, someone who's being invaded by outside forces? Was this written as a piece of propaganda for people that were part of the empire for which this was written for? What was this written for and why? And then that lets us get an idea of how authentic what's written in it actually is. Yeah, one of my favorite things of, like, history, or, like, kind of on that topic, is Julius Caesar versus the Goths, and him taking them up to Britain. Oh, I see where you're going with this. Are like, you, you going to bring up the Siege of Elysia? I think so. Okay. So, basically, um, kind of what happened is that uh, Julius Caesar went that direction, um, just kind of conquering lands as he went, mm -hmm. and um, I think... What was the city name? Elysia. That was in Spain, right? I think it was in what's now France. Yeah, anyways. He headed into that um, city, but out of that there was a memorial statue where basically, like, it shows, like, the Goths were barbarians. Um, not, um, like, not Roman. Before we go any further, I, I know the word barbarian has gotten a much more negative connotation to it. Back in the day... Romans just used it to, as a catch-all term for people who were just as advanced as them, but weren't Roman. Yeah, and like, it, like the um, the statue is very interesting because it shows like the statue of like the Goth, uh, the king, uh, basically naked, like without clothes, saying like he's not Roman, thus he doesn't deserve to be close. He's not as good as us. Whereas Julius Caesar is standing in a very um, masculine pose being like yeah like I have a sword I'm great fully dressed in Roman clad armor um, okay so this isn't going where I thought you were going to take it no but basically this is me getting to the point Okay. the point of it is that like that's history written by the victors but I don't know if like like it was written 
for the Romans saying Romans are great. Mm-hmm. It wasn't written for the Goths saying the Goths you suck. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and that does kind of bring to a different version <coughs> of that phrase. I've heard it said that history is not written so much by the victors as for the victors, with the idea behind it being reinforcing myths about a certain culture to sort of continue and perpetuate the idea that we are great, we are the greatest, and anyone who says otherwise is a liar. Hmm. <laughs> but um, based on what you were saying, you mentioned that uh, the barbarian king had no clothing. Yeah. That actually has more precedent in reality than you might think. Oh? See, the Gauls, or the Goths, or however you want to call them, actually did have a habit of fighting naked. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> That's intimidating. It is, and that was kind of the point. You see a whole bunch of these burly, beefy guys coming at you with swords and shields and war paint, but no clothing or armor whatsoever coming at you, you're going to think twice about going any closer. It's kind of like uh, running outside with a gun at your neighbor. Yeah. Uh, being like, ah! <laughs> but where I thought you were going with this is... During the siege of Elysia, there was a messenger on the side of the Gauls who managed to slip past the Roman lines and try to bring more Gauls outside of the siege as reinforcements. The official record states that there were about a quarter million Gauls coming towards them. Now, these accounts were written by Caesar, so a quarter million, while that's not impossible, it does sound pretty suspicious because... Anyone who knows anything about that siege knows that Caesar still won. So for them to have fought off a quarter million people from just outside the walls, based with a force maybe a tenth of that size, it seems unlikely. However, we must acknowledge that Julius Caesar did have a very, like, he was a great commander, and the Roman tactics were much different than other Oh, he was a brilliant general, and Roman tactics were nothing to sneeze at. I just think it's unusual for him to say, oh, we defeated them easily, or something like that, because it just sounds a little bit too grandiose. Has history ever not been bolstered? (laughs) Hey, hey, all good stories deserve a little bit of embellishment, just so long as that embellishment isn't taken as cold fact. Yeah. Goodness. <laughs> Where did we go from this our day got, to this? This got, far, <laughs> this, this got way far away from us. Yeah, it most certainly did. So, this uh, was less of an episode of Josh Squared and more of a TED Talk conversation. I'd say more of a history lesson. <laughs> Accidental history coming at you. Uh, so, I guess before we go anywhere else, and for those of you who aren't interested in history, sorry, but... Yeah, this this kind of became its own thing. We were just riffing hard at this point. Yeah. So I guess we'll uh, end the episode here. Josh, will you do the honors? Happily. So tomorrow is going to be a hopefully much more eventful day in the best way possible. I'm not going to say what because we want to save that for tomorrow. But let's just say we are both looking forward to it, and we're especially looking forward to telling you guys about it. So we'll see you tomorrow. In the meantime, I've been Miller. And I've been Krager. And we'll see you guys on the next episode. This has been March 20th. First day of spring, y'all. 2022. Oh, fun fact. Here we go. The Instagram is out. Find it at 
J-O-S-H underscore two underscore uh, however one spells second or squared. <laughs> uh, yeah. So J-O-S-H underscore two underscore squared. Yes. Any caps in there? No caps. Okay. So uh, find it and follow. We really need to get better at these outros. Dude, I'm trying. <laughs> All right. Thank well, you, everyone. See you guys for tomorrow. Bye. Later. <laughs>